everyone. Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, my friends, we have quite an episode today. I can't wait to get into this one. Tarani Nicole is with us, and she is a medicine woman, a doula, embodiment coach, tantra healer, the list goes on, but she's just an expert in all things somatic healing and embodiment. And she's really here to help women especially bridge the gap between the spiritual realm and this 3D experience of being human. And it's her mission to guide us all to be our own healers. And she reminds us that everything that we desire is within us and that we're absolutely 100% capable of healing everything that we've experienced through intention and trust and putting in the work. Tarani teaches that the body, mind, and spirit are deeply intertwined, and her personal philosophy is that all illness, whether it be physical or emotional, it all begins at a spiritual and energetic level. And she says both personally and globally, we're witnessing the great need for healing in this interconnected way. We can see this in our relationships, in our planet and our inner world. And to reach that healing that we're looking for, we must begin with spirit. You guys, this episode was profoundly healing for me because we get into topics that I almost never hear talked about publicly. And for that reason, I really do want to issue a trigger warning because we get into some deep, deep stuff, um, which surprised me in the most beautiful way. And I'm so grateful for Tarani for being open enough to really get in there because I think women, especially we need to hear this and we need to talk about it. Um, we talk about womb healing in its entirety, and that includes healing from sexual trauma like rape. And we even talk a lot about abortion. So just get ready for that. If you feel like that might make you uncomfortable. Um, and we also talk about energetic healing and the quantum realm, along with real tools for connecting with spirit and ourselves more deeply. So with that all being said, I hope you guys enjoy this beautiful and heartfelt and deep Deep conversation with Tarani. She's so wise. And uh, again, I'm so grateful that she's here and so willing to talk about these difficult subjects with us. Um, it's so important right now, especially. So I love you so much. Please let us know what you think of this episode and what you're learning as you listen. Uh, Tarani's at Tarani Nicole on Instagram, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. I am taking a little Instagram break until July 11th, so um, I will be just hitting the pause button there for a little while, but uh, please still hit me up. I'll be back in a few weeks. <laughs> okay, guys, enjoy this episode. Question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising rituals or routines that you go to? Yes, yes. Mm. My go-to rising ritual has always evolved over the years, but right now the way that I approach it is I just come to this little space that I have in my room and I just ask my body, what what do you need today? And then from that question, I kind of resource of like, okay, here's what I need my rising ritual to be. 
Sometimes that is, you know, just having a ceremonial cup of tea. Some mornings that is journaling, I'll pull cards. Sometimes I'll engage with, you know, some um, somatic movement medicine and dancing. So it really just begins with me asking my body, what do you need today? And the reason I, I have grown to do that is because I used to try to do a rising ritual and be like, I have to do this and this and this and this. And I never stuck to it. But then once I was like, oh, okay, my feminine just wants to like show up and like what she needs for that day. Then I was like, okay, I love this practice. I'm devoted. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you say that because I think it's very easy to get rigid and try to hold a routine. And then we kind of feel bad about ourselves if we don't like follow that routine. And I love how like soft you are and intuitive with how you start your days off. But um, yeah, it sounds like really connecting to spirit and just your essence is like a big part of your, your rising as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like my body. Um, I really started this journey, I think in like 2013, where I found energy healing. And so like for the past, you know, seven years or maybe even longer, I have been focusing so much on like the spirit and the energetics. And in the last two years, I've been like, what's like my body? Like, how's my body feeling today? Do I feel like I need something slow or do I need to like raise my heartbeat and like do some like dancing or maybe it's like yin yoga, like really feeling what my body needs. Mm. That is like a direct connection to the spirit and like how I'm embodying my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting, but that's been a, a huge aspect too, is like learning the balance in the start of my day. I'm like, how do I want to approach my body and my spirit? Yes. And you were touching on um, conscious movement. So what does that look like to you? Is it more like dance or like Tai Chi? Like what is, what is your movement like? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a mixture of both. So I am trained in Hatha yoga as well as Kundalini yoga. So there's a lot of like, like breathing and like physical movements for stretching. Um, and then I also am just a dancer by art. So I kind of, the way I flow is like, I'm dancing, but I'm also like stretching and expanding myself or maybe contracting. And then I'm also incorporating my breath and I'm an energy, I'm a trained energy healer. So I'll be like moving energy. So it's a little bit of like bringing everything together to really tap into the mind, the body and the spirit. Mm -hmm. What does like your energy work look like to you? Like, how do you perceive energy healing for lack of a better question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So energy healing for me, I started out as, um, on like the Reiki lineage and, um, I started training in Reiki energy healing when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And so that practice really, um, has built me up into this, this bigger perspective of energy healing that I have now which really embodies the beautiful silver lining between the mind, body, and spirit and allowing your energy and like and practicing energy healing as a tool that nourishes your mind, your body, and your spirit. And so we tune into the, the biomagnetic field and like the fine-tuning energetics of not just like how we're feeling, but also the energetics of how things are manifesting in our life and reliving through us. And so I would say right now, in my experience of being an energy healer, 
It's very multidimensional. Um, my work focuses on women and particularly focusing on the womb space as well as the heart and the breasts and using these like key accessing points of our feminine body to great, create greater resonance in our lives through energy healing. Um, but I also do physical touch. So we're working with like sound healing and like calling upon the essences of plants and like life force energy from the earth and the cosmos and like working with the goddesses and like using all that energy and then bringing it into the body with physical touch and breath and um through that like invocation kind of practice i love that so much and you know i think your work is so important because we live in quite a masculine world and the way that things are organized is pretty masculine driven but the the feminine is really having this like beautiful blossoming right now and we really need like our sisters and our our guys and each other to like help us step into that you know feminine embodiment um so that's really beautiful and i love what you said about reiki too you know i've i've also trained in reiki and it was the first time i could actually like feel feel it like really feel a physical pull like you can actually like magnetize your hand so i i feel like it's important to kind of give people a, a very tangible understanding that energy work is really like um it, it is in the body and it's actually very uh tangible and realistic so are you finding that as well like when you work with energy like what are the more like tangible things that you're experiencing with it yeah so when I'm working with a person in their body on energy healing, I'm tuning into the energy that is allowing their heart to be involuntarily, allowing their stomach to digest involuntarily, allowing their menstrual cycle to go through all of its phases of fertility and death and rebirth. And so I'm tapping into that raw life force energy that's keeping everything going without our mind even having to think about it. And I think that is where we can really see the tangible energy like manifested right like these involuntary actions mm -hmm. and anytime people are like oh that's just like some healy feely like hippie stuff i'm like dude your heart is literally beating without you thinking about it like right. that is energy that is exactly. like you know it's huge and you were talking about like the biomagnetic field and the auric field and, you know, you know, you kind of get into quantum physics there because it's so much less of like this, like woo woo out there thing as, as it is like, this is just like our perception is, you know, widening and expanding and starting to like, our senses are starting to understand that there's a lot more going on than we can always perceive. So, um, and you said you, you got, got into Reiki at like 13 years old. So I'm so curious to know about what your upbringing was like and you know, what your influences were. Totally. So my story is very interesting. Um, really it started with, um, my sister, my older sister passed away before I was born. And so my conception, between my parents was very much rooted with the intention of them healing this like deep grieving and loss that they experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that intention really like rippled out into my entire life. Of course, my parents like deeply traumatized by the death of my sisters and they struggled with their own addictions um, and, and just times of being completely neglectful to me and my siblings. And so by the time I had reached 12, 13 years old, I was doing drugs, like already having sex. I was like just living, I was actually living in Las Vegas as well. So like life was just crazy. 
and I was young. I was like 12 and 13 years old. And so I had this friend and his, I came to his house and his mom invited me over for dinner and she was a Reiki healer. And she knew like, okay, me and her son are like really good friends. We're hanging out a lot. I think she kind of felt like that, like I was just in a dark place, but I had like so much more potential to me. And so we were hanging out at dinner and she just opened my mind to like meditation and and Reiki and energy healing and like how, what I was experiencing in my disharmony and my emotions and everything in my home life could be healed just through my intention and my ability to like really um, clear myself. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, my dad was like doing drugs and like there was just like some really off things going on in the home life. So I was receiving all of that energy as a teenager and then it was just living inside of me and reacting in ways that further traumatized my system. And so she ended up inviting me to these Reiki circles that were donation based and I would like literally use like the tiny bit of money that I had to like give donations and we do these Reiki circles and then eventually um I they did a Reiki training and I literally went to Buffalo Exchange and sold like my whole closet so that I could get my Reiki training wow it was so it's so funny to to look back on um but so beautiful And, and then the moment I got my Reiki attunement like everything changed I was more sensitive things in my home life started to to get a little bit easier I ended up leaving Vegas and moving to Colorado to be with my mom who was literally just out of rehab and like just literally took a leap of faith and was like okay you're good or I'm gonna go over here Mm -hmm. and then once that happened like my dad started to heal and like my siblings and my mom it was just this huge radical shift um, and then ever since then, I, you know, I've gone up to get my level two and I'm a, I'm a teacher as well now in Reiki and it's really just transformed my life. Um, but that's, that's how it began. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that because the fact that you came from such a difficult upbringing with so much turmoil around and you became like so centered and mm-hmm. it's just amazing and so young. It's really wonderful because most people will come out of that just like defeated or repeating the, the patterns of their parents. But like mm-hmm. you were able to pick up on that. And uh, it makes sense from hearing about this that you're so involved with womb work and that that's your center. Do you think it's connected to your, your mother and how you were brought into the world? Totally. Yeah. Especially because, um, I notice a lot of the people that I am here to serve and that show up for me in my work, they've experienced trauma, whether that's like their own birth of like coming into this world or like the dynamics of their family that they were born into, or even like the trauma of birthing their children and especially like sexual trauma and like all of these different things. Like it, it, all manifest with the womb and as I was a Reiki healer and I had my practice like I just noticed every client that was coming in had like the the, the root of whatever they were working on was in the womb space and then that's where I really started this like study and figuring out like okay this is like my path this is my medicine this is what I have to bring to the table to this field and um yeah also like I am a survivor of rape and that's been a huge aspect that's brought me to womb healing and really being able to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing (laughs) because I had to do it on myself. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and you wouldn't be able to maybe serve at this, at this level and help so many people if you hadn't been able to transmute that and had mm -hmm. gone through that. So totally. thank you for sharing that. And thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm also still very familiar with, I guess womb healing has been like the thing that I need to really go to next. And I've been sensing that, like I keep seeing this. And then today I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful that I get to interview you because I, this keeps coming in. Um, so when you work with the womb, what kind of um, healing is going on there? Are you kind of getting into the subconscious and helping people work out like their trauma like that? Or, or what can we learn about our wombs that, you know, we can start to heal? Totally. So the best place that I always love to begin and to our listeners, you can start here as well, is tapping into your womb story. The womb story is built up from how you were born into this world your first bleed and your first time having sex. And um, these three experiences really develop a woman's life and how she is creating, how she is letting go and how she is receiving, right? Because when we are tuning into our birth, like that's how we were created. That's how we come into this world. So then everything we create kind of has like a silver lining of that experience. Our first bleed is when we learn to let go and experience loss. And so that's how that weaves into our life. And then our first time having sex is how we receive. Cause essentially, you know, when we're having sex, we're in this space of like deep receiving. And so the quality of these experiences really shows up in our life and continues to replay throughout our life so that it can be healed. Um, and so in my coaching work and in my mentorship work and a lot of the programs that I offer, we start here so that we can kind of not rewrite these stories, right? Because these are stories that are foundational and pivotal to our experience, but we work on rewriting the narrative of these stories so that they're no longer keeping us in disharmony. So say for instance, like for me, my first bleed I felt like really like unsafe to talk about what I was experiencing. I lived with my mom and two sisters. So like it was half, like they knew it, but I just in myself did not feel comfortable or confident to like talk about it. And so I literally didn't tell anybody like the whole time. And I just, I knew what to do because I had women in the house. So I knew what to do and I just didn't talk about it until I went to my dad's house and I had to tell him because I needed, you know, supplies and whatnot. So how that, ex for me, how that translated for a long time of like how I experienced loss and hardship, I never knew how to communicate. And so in times when I was grieving or going through heartbreak or like, you know, even like losing a job or something, I just did not know how to communicate. And like, I would just hold it inside and figure it out all on my own. And so once I figured that out, I was like, okay, how can I rewrite this story to be more empowering in, in the narrative so that it can relive in a way that feels more harmonized with where I want to go? And so now how I rewrite that story and the narrative around it is like, yeah, this wasn't my first rodeo being a woman. I knew what to do and I knew how to take care of myself and I did it. And then when I did need help, I asked. Mm -hmm. right? And so then that, you know, narrative, like switching the narrative now when I'm losing things, it's like, I realize, okay, yeah, I can do this on my own. Like I'm strong, but do I have to? No. Okay. I can ask for help and I give myself permission to ask for help. 
And so this is a great place for women to begin and just kind of re, you know, recalibrating their life and their experience because the beauty of being in a woman's body is that we have a womb. And even if you don't physically have a womb, say for instance, you've had a hysterectomy or you're, you're transgender or something like that, of that nature is going on, you still have the beautiful feminine wisdom of our cyclical nature. And so the womb is constantly like the apex of our experience and like how we're living in this world, how we're feeling like the, the freaking quantum nature of the womb and like the physical, like 3d nature. So it is like the apex of our being. And when we begin to tune into that, we are able to completely rebirth our life. Um, and then with the energetics and like the physical womb, I do work there, but that is like the best place to begin for any woman to just start working on her womb space for herself and how it connects to her whole life. Yes. Like your womb story. Oh my gosh. It makes so much sense when you break it down like that. I'm like, okay, this is exactly why I'm behaving, how I'm behaving. And uh, yeah. And like looking at my sister too, it's like so interesting to think about how differently we came into the world and like how that might shape up our lives now. Mm -hmm. That is so fascinating. Um, and I know you also tie in shadow work to this and everybody seems to have a little different perception around what shadow work is, but, um, what is it to you? Like, what is that shadow that we're working through? Totally. So for me, the whole reason I do womb healing and any of us do womb healing is to address our shadow work. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, shadow work is simply tuning into all of the things that maybe we're we're shy to explore or we have resistance towards exploring out of fear or guilt or shame and so shadow work is tuning into all of that and allowing it to have devotional space to be explored so that it can be freed mm. and i don't think you know shadow i mean of course there, this is a whole world we live in and there's a good there's bad there's evil all the things but for on a very like personal level our shadows aren't anything bad or negative they're just different right and so when we're experiencing times of like our shadow work being triggered it's simply saying okay i'm ready to be dealt with and we either, we either have the option to tend to the these shadows that are coming up or further bury them and so womb work for me is like the container for shadow work to be taken care of in a way that is nurturing and deep and well healed right yeah and do you find that all of this is super tied to like pleasure and how we receive pleasure and you know i think women especially don't even know how to experience pleasure a lot of the time because it's never really talked about either yeah it's so deep and you know we come from like generations of ancestral trauma around pleasure you know, like our great, great, great grandmother having to stay in an abusive relationship so that she can provide for her kids and sustain her own life or, you know, being, you know, persecuted for, you know, choosing to end a pregnancy and, and all of these things. Like we have so much trauma as women, even if it's not in our physical lifetime and our experience, like just from our great grandmothers and like our soul. And so pleasure is like in order to access like true expanded pleasure you have to do the shadow work 
which includes the ancestral healing, you know, our trauma healing, like our judgment, you know, protocols, like all of those things, like in order to access pleasure, you have to dive into the paradox of your own pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is also a topic I wanted to touch on you with, because I think you're a good person to talk about it with is a lot of women have experienced abortions. Like Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this until I had one like a couple of years ago. And uh, I was connecting with all the women in my life who had been through the same experience. And I had no idea because nobody talks about it mm-hmm. until it happens. Um, and so, you know, statistically, probably a third of the women listening to this will have gone through it. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to touch on with you. Have you ever worked with somebody who's gone through this kind of trauma to the body? And like, how do you help them transmute that like loss like for me personally i i didn't even realize that there needed to be something addressed until i lost a patch of hair like a few months later that was like my body telling me like i really need you to pay attention to me so i'm curious to get your insight in that yeah this is powerful um i've definitely worked with many women who have gone through abortions um and even at my most recent retreat that i did there's a woman who at the the first day of the retreat she realized that the abortion that she had 15 years ago was still affecting her today because she never resolved it. And so for me, abortion, the way that I perceive it is very different than this, you know, status quo of our modern world. And for me, I see as, you know, the moment a child is conceived in our womb space, the mother and the baby are deeply into connection on a very spiritual level and whether or not the body has grown or the spirit has fully integrated on like a quantum level they're connected and so if you are hearing and like thinking okay this is not for me like this is not my time like this is not what we need right now then baby is communicating to you that same message as well so there's like this co- creation communication going on um and i think that perspective is what allows me to work in this space without any judgment or anything but complete compassion because i know that it's not just like you saying okay like i i don't want a baby right now it's like actually this this child that you know thought they wanted to come to earth actually saying no this is not the time um and it's it's very deep right because when we have an abortion we are having physical trauma there is spiritual trauma from your spirit being like okay this is what i want but like never mind and then there's also emotional trauma of all the what ifs and the pure like hormonal experience that chemically happens in our body when we go through an abortion Mm -hmm. and an abortion is a birth like you know, of course, it's different than birthing like in a live child that you are desiring to have, but it is still this like birthing process of like conceiving and then carrying it in your womb and then having to release it and let it go. So it's, there's all of these like dimensions where trauma can get stored. And then if it's never addressed, again, it just keeps living inside of you mm-hmm. and reliving until it can be fully addressed and then say for instance if you're like my sister at the retreat it's been 15 years it's like you're not just handling the trauma from that one experience you're handling 
the trauma from all the times it relived through you where you held resistance towards really addressing it. So it's, it's big. <laughs> it's like a lot of work. Oh you just said it so beautifully though. I'm really in alignment with how you perceive this. And I think that we all, you know, kind of have these soul contracts as we come in and we make decisions um, to come into our human form on some level. And I do believe that the souls that only make it, you know, that far, it, that's just their journey. That was their kind of soul decision um, to make it that far and have that experience as a spirit in a physical form. And then, you know, we go into the next realm and we shift around, who knows, but I do feel like there's this, you know, definite energetic bond there. Um, so that's really powerful. And I, I just wanted to kind of bring this up because I feel like there's no support for women around it. Like you go in, it happens, nobody checks on you or just make sure like your mental well-being is okay. And, you know, for somebody who's been doing the work for so long, like, you know, I can only imagine what women are, go through that don't have resources and like, don't know where to turn to. So. Yeah, and there's definitely that, like the way that the system is built right now for women with abortions like there is no support and there's just this expectation that you go and you get it done and then it's done. Right. Right. And uh, it's just, there are like underground networks of like women who support each other through abortion, kind of like how a birth doula will support a mother through pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, there are resources like that, but they're so underground because people are so scared of really being able to publicly say, hey, I hold this space because there's so much shame around it. Yes. You know? And oh. the lack of support is completely contingent around how much shame women hold around these, these experiences when, dude, like you, we said, there's a, <laughs> a possibility of at least a third of the women joining this you know, podcast going through this experience. So like, why do we hold so much shame around it, you know? It's hard. It's I know it has to be, we just have to kind of normalize these conversations, I think. But, um, you know, I also think, what was I just, I just like lost my train of thought for a moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Sexual trauma. That's another thing that's just been recently like, okay to talk about out loud really openly because so many women go through this. Yeah. So I think this is all just like coming to the surface. We're transmuting it together. And it's like, that's why it's like collective healing. Like when we all do this work together, we're not just healing ourselves. Like we're healing, like you said, our lineage, our ancestor, like line and the women around us when we just open this up and like hold space for each other and like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, I had no idea how big, how big of a population of women actually have been sexually traumatized um, until I started handling my own sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I told my dad that I was raped, it was a few years after it happened. And he told me, he was like, wow, I'm not, he said something along the lines of like, I'm not surprised because his mom had been raped and her sisters and her mother. And just kind of explained to me about how many women in our family, like from my aunts have gone through this too. And that made me be like, whoa, okay. I'm not alone. And I think the hardest thing about being a survivor of especially rape is like feeling how alone you are. And that when he told me that it just opened me up to like, whoa, I'm not alone in this. And then I started feeling more safe to talk about it with my friends and then eventually my community. And then now I'm at a place where, 
you know, it's a part of my, my experience and a part of my life that is pivotal to who I am as a medicine woman and how I show up and, and support our world. Um, so I'm, I'm comfortable to speak about it now, but it's taken a lot of work to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, every one of my, you know, retreats or my online courses or, you know, these community spaces or even just when I talk about it online, it's like almost all the women can relate with me. And even if you haven't been raped, it's like you've probably been in a situation where you've been taken advantage of sexually or, you know, made felt really uncomfortable or had something really inappropriate happen to you just simply as like somebody grabbing you or groping you or catcalling at you or drugging you. Like it's like all of these experiences are violations and it happens so often. And I love that more women are, we're in a place now, especially after the Me Too movement, where we can actually talk about this and be like, whoa, this happened to me too. Because the deepest part of healing sexual trauma is actually talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I teach this um, through the, you know, the visualization and the deep connection between the anatomy of the womb and the yoni and the whole vagina all the way into like the throat and the larynx and like the whole vocal cords and everything, they actually are mirrored. Like if you look at the jaw structure, it mirrors the pelvis. Mm. So we can see how they're connected. So if we hold trauma in the womb, the best way to release it is to vocalize it. Because when we vocalize it, we're freeing that trauma from the mind and the physical organ of the womb. And we're having vibration from our sound to radiate it outward. And so for me, that's been such a healing um, modality of just holding women's circles and being able to talk and express our life experiences so that all these untold stories can be free from our body um, and that we can actually step into a space of living lighter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it blows my mind and it, it, enra- like I just, I get this like deep sacred rage that comes up anytime a woman expresses to me like, that she's been raped or even like, especially when I hear when my clients were molested as children, which happens way too often. It just, it enrages me. And right now my work is focused on tending to women post-trauma. But in the next coming years, I really want to like devote more time and energy towards preventative resources so that, you know, not just more women don't get raped but so that more men are actually aware of like how to not let these situations happen and I think we're in just like a huge like timeline shifting and that's why all of this is coming up but whoo is it deep (laughs) totally yeah absolutely I mean we definitely can feel that shift happening and it's also hopefully teaching men to be softer and touch in you know with their feminine as well and embrace that because we've we've all got both sides but it is fascinating, like how different our bodies are. Like men and women are so different. Like we have completely different anatomies. Mm-hmm. So we're going through so many more like, or just different emotional experiences. But yeah. uh, we do all connect on some level. That's, that's really profound. I wanted to ask you too about um, your rebirthing workshops and like you're having a retreat coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So Um, the essence of my work is kind of built between rebirth work and birth work. So I serve as a doula for like mothers and then a life doula for women from all various backgrounds and ages. And 
So I have my rebirth immersion that's coming up, which is a retreat that's also paired with a three month mentorship where we're going to completely rebirth your life. And of course that involves, you know, looking at your womb story and your traumas and actually somatically releasing them from your body and your vibrational field, and then restructuring your life and your awareness to actually harmonize with what you're desiring. Um, and then I also do one-to-one -one sessions that are rebirth sessions. So maybe for instance, for women that aren't really ready to step fully into a complete immersive experience with a retreat and a three month container, you can also book me with a one-off rebirth session, which is, you know, we look at your womb story and whatever else you have going on and we hold ceremonial space for this rebirth to happen just like we would with a birth of a child. Mm -hmm. So in that, is it like you're kind of shedding this old skin almost and just stepping into the newer version of you that's, you know, really alchemized all of that pain and trauma and changed it around? Is that what essentially you, you see rebirthing as? Yeah, essentially. And, you know, every session is different. I have, you know, trained and worked with hundreds of people over the years. And the one thing that I'm constantly reminded is that everybody is different. Even if we've been on similar journeys or gone through similar things, the way that we transmute it is going to be different. And so when I approach these sessions, like a rebirth session or a retreat or any experience that I have to offer for my work, I show up in a way that is listening rather than an agenda. So maybe one client I have, you know, the guidance to go in and, and do more shedding work and, and really like letting go. And for other women, it might be letting in and receiving and like allowing her to take up space and expanding. So it really just kind of depends on like what is present. And I always, always show up in a way that honors what is present for you rather than having like an agenda on like what I want to do. Mm -hmm. That's such a great lesson too, because I've also been realizing this and figuring this out that people really just need to be seen and heard. They don't even necessarily need advice. A lot of the time they just need someone to hold the space for them to like release what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we take our power back, like we, everything is inside of us. Like all of the answers, all of the wisdom, as well as all the pain and the trauma. And so essentially like what I do is I just hold the container for you to go inward and then intuitively I'll sense certain words or like rituals for you to do to like dig deeper. But at the end of the day, it's like you accessing your personal power and you do the work. Mm -hmm. I, when I used to do, you know, Reiki sessions, it was like, I would have people on the table and I would do the whole session and then I, they would leave and like it would work, right? And they would go home. But then in a couple of weeks, it's like, okay, like I need this session again. And so the way I work now is very much rooted in the practice of like wanting there to be sustainable change and actually teaching women how to do this for themselves mm -hmm. so that it's like much more empowering and they can go home and be like, oh, okay, I know how to do a breast massage. I know how to do a womb massage. Okay, I know if my feet are cold, then my womb is cold and I can actually massage my feet and I can pull upon this plant medicine. And, you know, I want to, to teach women how to do this for themselves to really access and harness that personal power element. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so many layers to what you're doing. It's so cool to kind of peel them back with you. But um, relating to like the breasts and the heart, like what is the work that you're focusing on there? Mm, yeah, so... The breasts, 
gifts are the gateway into our heart cave and our heart cave is like the the center of it all right and so if we're too much in our head and like our higher chakras we're not harmonized with the heart if we're focusing too much on the lower chakras and like security we're not harmonized with the heart and so when we tune into the breasts and we're doing heart work we're actually welcoming ourselves to fully align the higher triangle of the crown, the third eye and the throat with the lower triangle of the root, the sacral and the solar plexus to be harmonized in the heart. And the heart, like Hannah Grasso, one of my beautiful sacred sisters, she always says, you know, God is in your womb and liberation is in your heart. And so we get to find ourselves through our womb, our true essence, how we're living, how we're experiencing, like what this life has for us. And then we get to liberate ourselves through the heart. And so when we work with breast massage, we're literally moving out all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the blockages and the ice that has been withholding us from really being able to explore and nourish these elements of our life that we're wanting to grow um, in a way that is like liberating, right? And so like somatically, especially like up in here, even like the shoulders and like the upper higher chest, like up in here we hold all the painful things that people have said to us or all the painful things that we've said to ourselves, like lack of confidence, judgment, all of those things, we hold it here, right? And so if we're holding all of that here physically in our body and energetically in our aura, we're not going to feel comfortable to speak from a place of love. We're not going to feel comfortable to drop from our head into our heart because there's all of these like nasty, like shameful words and thoughts of experiences blocking us. So we have to physically and somatically move that energy into order to really get into the heart and if we think about the breasts like they sustain life like when we have children they like receive all the nourishment they need to grow from our breasts and so we can tap into that own that life force energy through our own breasts and infuse it into our life and after you do a breast massage it's like your heart is so open and you feel so radiant and alive and I love it. I'll also be teaching that in my upcoming course, Sovereign Sensuality. Oh, I love that. It's like, I don't know if we touch ourselves enough and just like massage our bodies. I've been loving doing um, gua sha in the morning on my face, but also bringing it down to my chest and like draining the lymphatic system around my chest has been feeling really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge, especially for women who are you know, desiring deeper love and connection and intimacy in their own relationship to self, go to the body. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does that like really meet that need, but it also holds space for you to release everything that no longer serves you because all these stored stories and narratives are living in the fascia of your physical body. In order to like release them, you got to like go to the body, you know? Oh my gosh. So true. It's like we're, our cells are holding memories and all these codes. And as we like, that's why I love um, dance or just like shaking and moving and movement to just like, you know, rotate those cells and get rid of everything that's like dead and holding on to dead memories as we become these new people. It's so interesting, like how, like it's everything in the scientific world and the spiritual world are actually so much more connected. And I think I keep touching on this because I just did a behavior change specialist certification and everything that they were breaking down in that very scientific class. I was like, we all know this, this is energetics. Like it's just packaged differently. Right. And that's the most beautiful part of like 
people in this space is like we get to be the ones who bridge the science with the spirit right and like i love being in that space and anytime i meet somebody who's like on too far of the spectrums on either side i'm like yo let's bring it in like let's bridge these worlds (laughs) yeah because then we can just like move through the world in a very real way like and it comes into everything that we're doing from like what we're eating and like how much we're moving and how much sunlight we're getting and how we communicate with one another it's like our behavior is so linked um but yeah no it's just beautiful that you're doing this work so what else are, is going on right now so your retreat is going on in costa rica is that right yeah it's gonna oh be in costa rica and this retreat is a very intimate experience there's only going to be five of us so it's really an opportunity to like dig really deep you'll get lots of personal one-to-one work Um, as well as like have group ceremonies and the house that we're staying on is like literally right on the beach and we have like our own private beach so it's going to be very luxurious and beautiful and just expansive for women who are ready for that journey Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also have a few more retreats that are coming up this summer one of them is the Temple Priestess Arts Retreat which will be in Mount Shasta California and we'll learn a lot of the like rituals and like ways of being and like practices to really dive into everything that we discussed in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, there's always stuff going on. I'm definitely very active in my work and I'm constantly showing up in a way that really supports this greater change that I'm desiring for our world. Yes. Oh my God. That's so exciting. Um, and is there finally like one ritual that you would suggest us to do? Like all the women listening, like if we could do one thing, kind of a takeaway mm-hmm. from this, if we could just really root in and connect with ourselves, like what might you have us do? I am mm. just like tapped into that breast massage. I feel mm-hmm. like that is such a liberating and invoking thing for a woman to experience and like really fall in love with herself, especially if you have like body image issues or like a lot of grief and like trauma, start tuning into your own body and start with your breasts and just fall in love with yourself again through like your own physical experience of your body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, if people want to find you, how do they find you? Yeah, so you can find me. The best place that I like to hang out is on Instagram, of course, and you can find me at Tarani Nicole. I also have my website, which is currently under earthme.com. I'm in the transition of getting it to TaraNicole.com, but you can find me on my website or Instagram. Both are places that you can explore what I have to offer. And I literally have like thousands of you know, free resources on Instagram just from all the posts and the IG lives and the, the, you know, all of the reels and the things like there's so much to learn on my Instagram profile if you're interested in this work. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And uh... all right, my friends, thank you so much for being here with us today. Wow. I mean, I don't really know what to say other than my heart has been so opened. I feel more seen after this discussion with Tarani, and I have so much more love in my heart for all of you, my sisters out there. And uh, I just want to remind you that you are never alone. No matter what you've gone through, 
You're never alone. And uh, I think it's really important that we continue to open the space to talk about these experiences, no matter how uncomfortable. That's how we heal. That's how we heal as a collective and uh, how we heal our lineage forward and backwards. So again, you can connect with Tarani at Tarani Nicole on Instagram and her website has been changed to TaraniNicole.com. So check her out. She's doing so much amazing work as you heard. And uh, I'm at Helen Denham underscore on Instagram and HelenDenham.com is my website where you can find links to my course, blog posts that are going up frequently, past podcast episodes, links to my music. New music's going to be coming out this summer. So I'm really excited for that. And uh, if you feel called to sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter, that's there as well all the good stuff. And uh, finally, if you feel like a friend might benefit from this information, please feel free to send it along and uh, even leave a review if you feel called so that we can connect with you and uh, improve and just get to know you guys a little bit better. So thank you again. I will talk to you soon.